sorry about my uh, mistakes. Yeah, if I make any mistakes. <laughs> oh, don't worry Mama. about that. I, I mean, I, I edit. I edit it anyway. So ah. I'll take out ums and and, and mistakes unless they're I guess it, unless they're interesting mistakes. I don't think anybody's going to hold against you not being an original English speaker that mm-hmm. you occasionally might make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time with English, and uh, I've been speaking it for thirty years. Inside, everything was accumulating, and then it bursts. So it bursts and then, you know, the, the crisis comes. But now it's okay. Now I'm asleep. I think I've recovered fairly quickly. I am looking into your eyes Trying to pull something out Something that I don't know But I can feel it in my bones I know we'll end up broken talk about things that you don't know, don't have any idea about, you can talk, but you don't, it doesn't come from yourself, I mean it doesn't come from your heart, because in yoga there is this connection between head and heart, that you have, they have to be connected because mind thinks heart experiences, so you have to have this connection in order to be able to not only use your mind but also your heart to help people to get this connection, right? Yeah. yeah. This episode was recorded over two years ago now and so many things have changed since then for both of us I'm absolutely sure. One of the reasons I held it back for so long was because it's about some sensitive topics. The other thing to say is that during those two years, me and my guest Asha have made quite a lot of music together here and there, and so I've broken up this conversation with some of that music. Some of it was recorded in Getting Better Acquainted specials that have been out, the ones called A Room Full of Friends feature Asha, and some of those songs were recorded at my show Stand Up Tragedy, which you can find out more about at www.standuptragedy.co.uk. The next live show of Stand Up Tragedy is Tragic Martyrs on the 10th of April at the Dog Star in Brixton. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today, ladies and gentlemen, make your seat in the Olivier Theatre as the song please performs at 13 will begin in two minutes. Two minutes, ladies and gentlemen, and may we remind you please to make sure that all mobile phones are switched off before you enter the auditorium. That's nicely setting a bit of context. Today we're getting better acquainted with Asha. Hello, Asha. Hi, David. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. <laughs> My pleasure. Great to be talking to you. So we're in the National Theatre in a sort of quiet area by an art gallery sort of place. And we've just met up for the first time 
in a long time, I guess. Yeah, I think since October. Yeah. Because I had to go to Poland in October, so basically since then, all those three months, one, two, three, yeah. four, yeah, almost, yeah, four months, so. And we've met, we, we know each other, we've met each other about, I don't know, probably less, less than, year, less than no. ten times. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah, but I think there is, um, I mean, we're up to the same thing. Yeah, right? we're so interested in the same thing. So yeah. basically, um, I think the connection is there, I think. And I really enjoy your project, like this one. The music project. Oh, they, oh, you mean the, uh, getting, better, getting acquainted. better acquainted. And I think it's very uh, precious in terms of getting this psychological aspect of uh, having people talking to you. Because sometimes when you talk to someone, you don't know very well. Yeah. It, it acts like a therapy. I yeah, think. I guess yeah. so. So, um, I've certainly found it to be kind of therapeutic for me uh, doing this doing this show. Yeah. Although I'm a bit scared of actual therapy, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't mind this kind of uh, of way of, of engaging with people. All right. So I mean, the first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me? Uh, I'm. How do I met you? How, yeah, did, I how meet did you? you? Meet okay. Me, yeah. So I met you through um, Gumtree, I think. Right? Yeah, I think it was Gumtree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you put an ad about getting people into your band. The idea was that the band was very organized, so <laughs> people knew their role from the very beginning. Yeah, I so was, I was in very charge. happy. Yeah. <laughs> so David is in charge, yeah. basically. <laughs> and I think I re- it really suits me because I like to be in many projects at the same time. The role of my, you know, second vocal, whatever it is, uh, really suits me because I don't feel that much responsibility but at the same time I feel you know it's not responsibility to be to take part in it yeah it's just that some things in my life as in everyone's life basically happens and you just cannot predict that something will go wrong no you can't and and but it's it's funny really because I mean the project that we're talking about the the band doesn't really exist yet yeah I'm I'm still trying (laughs) to get that up off the ground and it's taking a lot longer than I expected not just because of the things that have happened to you, but also the things that have happened to me in that time. You, yeah. you know, like you say, you can't predict what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do hope the band's going to get up and running by the end of uh, 2012. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I started trying to get it up and running at the beginning of uh, 2011. So uh, it's, it's, yeah. sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. So that's how we met. And you, you came around to my house for an audition. I think there was a few people there that yeah, day. Yeah, I think it was summer. Yeah, yeah that's it was right. still summer. So there was your friend George. And yeah. So basically, we met with Naveen with George in at your place. Naveen and George have both been on the show before, so uh, All right, people okay. can listen back to them if they want. Great. I felt really a part of it from the very beginning, although it wasn't exactly the kind of music I'm, you know, totally you know into because I'm with this folk, the creative part of my. I don't know how to say it in English, but basically what I like to create in this folk, but then you mentioned in the ad that folk, something connected with folk or pop. Yeah. yeah. So folk is definitely something yeah. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm, I am very interested in folk music, but yeah, there is an electronic element to, this, to, the, new sh- to the new band yeah. that I hope to have in it. But I think, I don't know, I, I, that's what I like about your, the way that you sing as well. It kind of fits the folky side of Okay. Things, so it Good. can kind of combine those kind of qualities together. And I really, really like the way we work together. I mean, we haven't been working for a very long time and we haven't met each other very many times. But for me, it's a really new experience. Like, I, w- I was only in uh, two bands before. So it's, you know, I really enjoy working with people who are open. 
as you said, like you, you get something from me, I get something from you as yeah. well because I get this cooperation and I get this how the work like how do you say logistics? I don't know. You, could, uh, no? could be. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a native, so basically. But um, but yeah, but you know the, the way the exchange is there. I think you know the exchange of the ideas and yeah. it keeps it keeps me going really because. Yeah, I think I need it at the moment. <laughs> I know what you mean. When you're singing, you can kind of connect with people in a, a different way than you. It's not. Um, it's not a a logical thing. It's kind of emotional. Oh, right, it kind yeah. of, I think, mm-hmm. and it's it's not something you can sort of sum up. But I know what you mean. It's like you find the space within the music for each other's voices and when you're doing that it, it, I don't know yeah there is a kind of therapeutic element mm-hmm, to music mm-hmm. I think as well yeah, as that's true. as well as conversation that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> the other question I ask people is what do you do now and that's quite a complicated question I guess for yeah you. I think I don't know where to start from but um, because I've got a couple of uh, things to sort out yeah so um, basically I'm, I'm in a transition period where I know I have to be in my home country, which is Poland, but at the same time I want to stay in England. But for the practical reasons, I need to go home and sort out my divorce, which I'm going through now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's you know a strong word, <laughs> like a divorce, divorce, because I'm only 26. But you know, it's, it's sometimes what, what happens to you. Um, yeah, I mean, people get divorced much younger than 26 and older. My statistics is not that bad though, and um, I wanted to do it from Poland. I want to do it from Poland because he was a little bit nasty to me and um, he just cut himself off completely from me. So what he didn't, that's why I went so so quickly to Poland because in October um, I had a really big breakdown and I went to hospital. I found myself in a psychiatric ward and um, my husband was with me because we had a terrible argument same, on the same day. So. Yeah. He called the ambulance because I cut myself and I took a lot of you know stuff like oh and um, so it was a suicide attempt yeah 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 it was like and it wasn't the first time because I had a um, depression I've got a depression history so yeah. it's like six years ago it was the first fit um, of my depression but now it came back because of many factors like basically marriage I think was the strongest one like <laughs> yeah and the stress connected with it so in October I, I found myself in the hospital and then my husband the next day he just uh, got, my, me, got me a flight to Poland saying that my mom wanted to see me because he called her and told like everything to her and um, he put me in a plane I mean I I put myself in a plane as well I, I let myself yeah you know well, but you doesn't sound like you were necessarily in a position to make decisions yeah, that's that why easily he, for yourself. And, yeah, and he likes to use situations where I'm not, you know, feeling when I'm when I'm feeling vulnerable or when I'm feeling weak. That's to to make decisions for me, and I'm letting myself do it for, yeah. for me, and it's not good either. But it was like ultimate for me and for him that he just put me in the plane, and the next day he just took everything out from our flat, like all my stuff. So I'm here coming every month to recover my documents and it's like craziness yeah it's just for me I haven't met a person like that I'm not saying he's bad because I really understand he's weak and he's acting like this but um, but there is a limit to I've got my limits as well right so okay yeah I I, I agree and uh, so 
trying to work work out exactly what what happened. So you had a suicide attempt. Yeah. And then you found yourself in a mental institution in this country or in yeah yeah for one night only because they didn't want they they give you a choice in yeah. in England if you want to stay. I mean, if it's not that severe, you can. It depends you if you if you if you admit yourself, they give you yeah. a choice. Yeah. yeah, and if you. Uh, there are other ways of ending up in an mental institution yeah. where you don't have a choice. So you were lucky in that respect. So yeah, because sometimes they, I was, I remember myself asking the doctor, "Will you lock me? Will you lock me in a, you know, in a, in a mental asylum?" And I was like totally against it. Uh, and he said, "No, no, don't worry about it." You know, I was a bit panicky about it. Um, uh, and then I went to Poland, and then my husband just cut himself off completely so when when he when he put you in a in the plane and sent you to Poland the, yeah and and is it and then he take took everything out of your stuff yeah, out of yeah, the house yeah, what did yeah. he do with the stuff like? um he put it in the attic at my friend well at, at his neighbor's uh, place so okay. but his neighbor's is his best friend so I didn't have any access to it ah, right. so um yeah it was quite difficult to get the stuff back and I had to uh had the police come with me and you know just collect it with me so I, I really if, if you need any advice on how to sort yourself out with your husband who doesn't want to let you into the house <laughs> you can you know uh, get something from it I think because the police is very helpful as well I mean they are very helpful well that's that good respect. so yeah. you had a positive res- yeah, yeah, rela- yeah, 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 um, yeah. experience of the police yeah because it uh, it turns out that it happens to many people actually like many divorcees yeah they, what, they just take your stuff out of the house and yeah, then they I mean, don't there is give this, you access there's this awkward situation because uh, between uh, wife and husband that you know one one party doesn't want to let in the other one or some yeah. things happen and it's your property that's in there but you can't get to yeah, it yeah 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 was that his that was his way of sort of saying it's over was it yeah because i think he just doesn't have this ability to confront things Whereas I wanted a confrontation, he didn't want to confront things. So I was, you know, calling him, he didn't answer the phone. And before I, it got to me, I realised that it's over, you know. I, it was quite recently, I think it was the end of uh, October, no, November, or middle of December. But I was, you know, I was just, it st- stuck, no, it struck me that he doesn't want anything from you, basically. So, um, and you don't want anything from him anymore. And that, that's when I was ready. That's, that was time when I was ready for the divorce. Yeah. And um, it was good. I told my mom, you know, that I wanted to get a divorce, my sister and people around, because now I'm in a state that I don't want to mess around with the, you know, bureaucracy or red tape, <laughs> because there is so much of it that I'm just tired and I don't want to do it. But I've got people pushing me yeah. that seem to take care more about uh, my divorce and myself. You just want to get yourself into a kind yeah, of yeah. healthy place. But I think that for me, like, I really believe in this energy around us. So in from energetical point of view, it's good for me to cut off and start something new. Like, okay. you know, it's not, I don't want to do him any harm, but probably he'll, uh, he'll be harmed in a way uh, that he won't be able to stay here because uh, for some reasons we got married uh, for him to get a visa. <laughs> yeah, and so he won't have that anymore. Yeah, so he won't have it. So that's that's quite a strange decision for him then, because I don't understand it, David. It's just for me, it's very strange because he's um, harming himself as well from this. I know he cares very much about being here, and at the same time, he doesn't want to contact me 
um, about the divorce, about stuff. So he he should realize I'm taking the steps just because he's not communicating with you. Yeah, exactly. And communication is is what you what you wanted to. Uh, L- to have yeah, before, before I mean, this, yeah, before yeah, this yeah. point at least to get my things back because it's really weird when <laughs> you cannot get into your flat I mean we're living in a house um, where his friends live so it was very easy for him to convince them not to let me in basically the guy who's 70 there and he's the owner of the house uh, and of the flat we're renting uh, my husband just told him I was insane and that's it and the guy just believed it and he just wrote me an email suggesting like that um, he would take care of my stuff he would send it whenever I wanted but uh, he didn't want any more problems in the house so it's better that I didn't come there in person I was mm. like you know but yeah when you went to Poland did, were you, did you go into the hospital over there as well? no no I started a psychiatric therapy it's once a week and it's regular I had twice the episodes where my psychiatrist gave me a choice if I wanted to go to, hosp- to hospital or not but it's still a choice you can make because she said no no you're not insane at all you just have a depression so it's totally up to you if you want to isolate yourself for a couple of months or days or weeks it's totally up to you I can give you I can refer you to the hospital but I don't have to because I think it's totally up to you because you can think on your feet yeah, you're, you're able yeah. to make a decision for yeah. yourself and yeah. therefore you shouldn't have that decision made by somebody yeah, else for exactly. you. But I can see how it, it affects my parents and um, I just cannot... It's the, the thing is that I cannot help my depression and it's like, you know, in Poland many people think that it's just, oh, get yourself together, yeah. what you're doing. And I was always like this, you know, strong, 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 but in the um, inside everything was accumulating and then it bursts. So it bursts and then, you know, the, the crisis comes. So, But now it's okay. Now I'm stable. I mean, I think I've recovered really fairly quickly from what was happening because apart from the divorce, I had, a, like, health problems with, yeah? With yeah, my heart yeah, yeah. And, um, and um, I've got a heart condition, so I have to sort it out with the operation, either in Poland or in England, but... I think I'll prefer. Well, I think a lot of people would have a breakdown if <laughs> uh, if they had marital problems yeah. and a heart condition diagnosis yeah. at the same time. I mean, I, I, I that's you know yeah, that's I think, a very yeah, I think it's, it's like hard thing to do. Yeah. yeah, it's just that I always have it when I talk about it. I always have it in my mind how much I'm affecting another person with my problems. You know what I mean? It's just when you when you talk to people about your problems you tend to put your problems on them and sometimes they feel very overburdened mm. yeah, with it. Yeah. So I, I really try to avoid, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, tr- I avoid it because I experienced it once with my friend and she told me that she just couldn't have it anymore because it was too much for her. So we had to keep like a bigger distance. I think that, ha- that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, everybody's had a friend maybe occasionally who you know, is putting all of their problems onto that, per, you know, onto yeah. their, onto you, and then if it, it becomes very hard for you to to cope if somebody else is putting yeah. those problems on. I know what you mean, but I think you've got to be wary of going too far the other way because oh, yes. it's it's finding a, it's finding a, a balance, I guess. because yeah, you shouldn't be like you're, if if you're talking to your close friends, you should be able to tell them. Yeah, that's you know, true. That's I true. think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I've got friends who've got mental health issues, yeah. and 
I mean, not to the same extent that you've got, but yeah. I've had mental health problems myself occasionally. Uh, certainly it runs in my family a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, my mum had a, a few nervous breakdown mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of episodes. And mm-hmm. I've had, in fact, at the moment, I gave up smoking at New Year. and oh, I've, I've been congratulations. Yeah, well, thanks. But it, <laughs> I've been really, like, down, you know, uh-huh. um, <laughs> well, as a result. Good, no? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sort of, you know... I, when I talk to, to somebody who's had a, an actual institutionalisation, it kind of makes me go, I should stop, <laughs> I should stop moaning no, about no, how miserable fine. I feel because <laughs> I've given up smoking because that's self, my, my sort of situation is self-inflicted. But, but I don't think that, that, like, I know what you mean. It's kind of, I guess that, that's what you're talking about when you're talking about energy as well, it, mm-hmm. that, 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 that everybody has a kind of energy and how you respond to that energy. Yeah, because, you know, we in Polish we say someone is an vamp- energetical vampire or energetic vampire, so yeah. someone who sucks the energy from you. Yeah. There are loads of people like that around. There are, yeah. And they just stick to people who are vulnerable and they tend to give a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in that respect we have to be careful and um, because, it's, as you said, it's a balance between between two people well that's what I'm always like, I've been worried about for the last couple of days really is that like my my, my girlfriend who I've mm. been with for uh, coming up for 11 years um, that, that when I'm down you know that I'm being that that, that, that she's kind of mm-hmm. having to look after me and mm-hmm. worry about me and that that's taking I'm sort of taking her time right. from her and her yeah. energy from her and then once I get kind of once she gets me to be cheered up I can see that she's not going to be in a good mood. Oh, Do you know right. what I mean? For the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is there any, like, exchange that when she's down, you cheer her up? Yeah, hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. Ho- hopefully. I mean, it, it all depends on when... You, like, no, it all I think depends, in, a, in a relationship, it's like, if you're lucky, one of you will be able to help the other one out. Yeah, that's but if you're exactly. unlucky, you'll both be down at the same time. Yeah. That's quite, quite a dangerous position yeah, to be in, yeah. I think. And if you're extra lucky you'll both be happy at the same time yeah. and that, that occasionally happens yeah, yeah, yeah that's true but I mean do you think that that was one of the, th- the sort of things that your uh, husband found found difficult that he was coping with mm-hmm. your <coughs> emotional states or? Um, I mean I was very uh, positive when I met him and I was really bubbly you say bubbly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he, that's what attracted him to me I think because when you meet me, like, normally, I'm very open and, you know, cheerful and stuff. Yeah, and then absolutely. I, I start to talk about, you know, pro- I, it's, it's weird because I talk about problems. They don't seem to affect me. It's just in a couple of hours, I'll just stay on my own and start thinking. So, you know, it's just this element, weird element. So I always digest things. So things get to me after a couple of days or weeks. Even. So you sort of store it up. Yeah. And then it kind of comes out at a time when it's unexpected yeah because I do yeah. things and I occupy my mind with something and then yeah. you know time comes when I don't know how to because I don't know how to rest for example I always have to do something I, I'm hyperactive yeah I'm so like that <laughs> so basically <laughs> when I sit I start thinking and then my mind goes like you know like um, what do you say um, like a whirlpool or something okay yeah yeah, yeah. or like a loop like yeah, it keeps like going round and round and round the same yeah. thing um, so basically, um, now while I'm sitting here with you, it's okay, it's great. You know, I'm enjoying myself talking about my problems. I mean, it's weird, but it's really good. It's very, very purifying. And I think it's very, you know, um, 
this getting better acquainted is really great. When I heard it for the first time, it was wow. Oh, and that's nice. People to get hear. a relief from it, I think. And this girl, when Sometimes, I heard girl, yeah. Naveen, and Naveen could, had a chance to talk. I mean, yeah, um, he likes to talk. Yeah, so you know, you just give people opportunity to talk about themselves. I try. Great. Yeah. And you listen, and people love people who listen, right? Well, I try and listen. <laughs> it's not necessarily like it's it's something I'm learning yeah, to do yeah. myself, and I I try not to talk too much mm. um, about things. Like it's giving people the space to put their side of things yeah. that I think is the important yeah. thing I, I heard I was listening to a thing recently about uh, therapy uh, and they were saying that that maybe the important thing isn't that the therapist has any intelligence or knows anything or oh, gives right. you any perce- perspective mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just more important that they sit there and hear mm-hmm. you and that you're heard mm-hmm. for an hour or whatever yes. yeah. it is I've never been to therapy so I don't oh, okay, know but uh, okay. I'm thinking I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking thinking it might be be something I'm I should try and do go to but at the same time I, I you know I don't want to pay any money for therapy so it's true but if it was free <laughs> would you yeah. go maybe yeah 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 so I'm gonna find out if you can get it on the NHS so yeah I think you can well it depends if you you have to be diagnosed I think so I'd have to prove them you know what they've I need got, um, I mean yeah, it's <laughs> not related to what we're talking about but it, they've got um, in NHS they've got Croydon something I think it's in every borough though that they've got a free counselling services and it lasts for 10 sessions. So you've got 10 sessions free and you can talk to people. You can choose um, either a group therapy or one-to-one sessions. So, yeah, um, it's available, I think, on NHS. Okay, well, I mean, I'm get, I've got a doctor's appointment, so I might talk to them about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just because of the smoking, really. It's, it's to do with, I think, it's, it's what you say, really. Mm. I like to talk to my friends. I like to think that I, I, I think I said it on a getting better acquainted episode. Oh, yeah. At one point, I said um, I prefer my friends to be my therapists and therapists because right, yeah. they know me. They've got yes. a connection, and there's a value in that. But I mean, at the same time, I don't want to be like you say, burdening my girlfriend uh, all the time with having to listen to it. And I don't, I don't even know, like, you know. You're kind of ashamed, I am anyway, uh-huh. of of how you feel. You know, it's hard to say to to, to mem- my male friends or to and everyone's so busy. I don't want to I don't want to uh-huh. hassle them as well. You know. No, but but I think people like to listen. People like to act as counsellors. That's why there is this um, profession. Yeah, because people like to give advice right yeah and they are always very smart in terms of getting giving advice to some people who are because they are not in the situation they're um like they can see it from the other perspective so they can help you a lot and i think they like it and when you're talking about your girlfriend i think in a relationship you always compromise and commit something and even when you when you help someone you get something from it because when people help, they feel, when I help people, I feel, you know, I did something good. It's the ego thing as well, right? Yeah. I did something good, but it works like this. And when, and when when she can cheer you up, she basically, you know, there is this part when she gets quiet or something, but, you know. Yeah, but it's hard if she doesn't manage to cheer me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it, and it's also hard if she's got, like, so, she's got a certain amount of hours in a day that she wants to do mm. one thing and if I'm in a bad mood then that's going to get in the way of her getting her stuff done you know that's the 
that's the problem really whereas I think if I go to somebody outside they're not they're not kind of there's nothing invested for them in me they can just listen and what they can give they can give I don't know that's true it's taken me a long time because I mean my initial reaction or attitude to therapy has always been I don't know like I don't know maybe it's an English thing I'm quite distrustful of it okay and suspicious of it whereas the kind of the American view is always very Uh pro it and I think (laughs) if you're English I think you're kind of brought up that you shouldn't talk about your even, I, I wasn't brought up like this. My, yeah. my family never told me this, but it's just in the culture. Right. It's just there. Okay. The idea that you don't talk about your feelings. A place which that you were expecting. A sudden change and then it comes down. But you let it come down. Like a bulldog hand onto your flesh. It just won't let you go and it pulls you down. But you let it
because I talk about my feelings all the time. Yeah, that's good. And I talk. I'm quite an open person. Yeah. But still, there's there's things I don't want to talk about. There's yeah. things I'm ashamed about, or that I don't think are very manly, maybe. That's the thing that we've got some concept in the society, and we grow up holding to it, and then you know, because there will always be feminine and masculine yeah. side of us, right? But, um, well. F- we, I think women la- love to talk about the problems. I mean, they're very uh, like empathic and they, they're very emotional. Whereas men, I just don't make division, but it seems to me that you know, what you said, you are ashamed of things, you know? And um, it's very difficult for uh, a therapist, right, to get something from the men on a session. For mm-hmm. example, in Poland, it's a very similar situation to what you described, that the attitude of the people in, in Poland for a psychiatrist or psychologist is very negative because they prefer to sort their own problems at home, which doesn't work out really very often. So basically everything is... They try to sort everything out at home, but um, then they don't realise they need help from an external therapy or, I don't know, someone who will be very objective about their problems. And in Poland, like my father, for example, he just... He's got a psychological issues as well. He wasn't accepted by his mom, so uh, he doesn't know how to talk about his feelings, yeah. for example. He, he just doesn't know. When he is embarrassed, he laughs, or when he's angry, he's like very. Um, he's got a very um, bad temper sometimes, but he's very loving and caring at the same time. He just doesn't know how to express it. And when he hears, or when he, had, he has heard in the past about going to a psychiatrist, it's just. It's impossible, and yeah. many people in Poland think like this: that it's impossible for them to go to someone, pay them, and then talk about their problems for an hour, because it's just useless, right? The money thing is a complication, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It feels strange to pay somebody for something that's kind of, I don't know. It feels like it should be about love or empathy or yeah. human understanding, but at the same time, you know, everything's got. We live in a world that money matters and you are paying for somebody's time so I can understand why 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 people do pay for it it's, it seems very unfair as well that, that if you've got the money you can pay for a good therapist and if you don't That's then you can't and the other thing with therapy that I think is significant I've known people who've gone to therapists and some of them have been good and yeah. some of them have been bad <laughs> and you just have to choose the right one and say no when they're bad but people don't feel that necessarily that they can do that. They sometimes persevere when th- yeah. they should say no, no, I mean... But yes, yes, they, they just judge from the very beginning and they just, you know, against it, totally against it. And yeah, that's true. But if you're in a vulnerable place as well, I think that's the other problem. You can't always tell if the therapist is good for you yeah, that, or not. That, that's how it was with uh, me and my husband. He was very... I mean... Um, as I said before, I was really positive about him, but then he started to put. I, mean, I really don't want to put him in a bad light. I'm no, light, I think you're being very <laughs> generous because most people in a divorce would would be would be just taking the gloves off and being yeah. the brutal. Like but, but yeah, no, he's not. He's just. I think he's just very weak. He's a pianist, so he was uh, brought up in the uh, in Russia, where uh, his mother really took care of him, and yeah. he was like from. Uh, from the age of five, he was only—he has been only playing piano. He doesn't know how to do anything else apart from it. He's a real artist because his parents invested a lot in him. Yeah. And um, 
he only can devote to, to the music. Music is a therapy for him, like going to the piano whenever it's something bad is going on or whenever something bad was going on between us was a therapy for him. But, uh, and he doesn't know how to act, uh, how to, uh, he doesn't have an emotional intelligence, I think. He doesn't know how to argue and he doesn't know how to discuss things. He doesn't know how to um, make a woman happy. So I don't think he's any, um, he's not ready for a relationship, for example because uh, instead of confronting things, he just runs away. And uh, that would happen from the very beginning. Um, I'm very confrontational. Confrontational. Confrontational person. And uh, I always like to talk things over. Uh, whereas he just leaves and, you know, shuts the door and... Ah, well, interestingly, I mean, I would say, I mean, and, and, and certainly me and my girlfriend are nowhere near if, if we were married we, we were no we're not near a d divorce point or anything but uh, but certainly i would say that the division in our relationship is probably the opposite way around so i don't know how much of a male female thing it necessarily oh, wow. is I, I i'm confrontational i want to talk things out whereas jen is someone who is much more likely to want some time yeah i don't think that I mean, I don't. She, she's more like to shut the door and want to go away. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that she isn't emotional. She is. Yeah. She's and she's emotionally literate, but she just she thinks that she doesn't like confrontation. She doesn't like. Yeah. And and a lot of you know that that's the thing that she doesn't like. Mm -hmm. Intelligently so, because I don't know about you, but when you're confrontational, are you also quite angry when you're? Yes, that's yeah. true. And uh, it's. Yes, it's better to talk about problems when when you think them over. Yeah, when you're calm. But what happened between me and my husband was that the, the, the next day he forgot about things and he acted as if nothing happened, although he insulted me, for example, a lot, or he just threw, you know, swear words at me. He just didn't, he seemed not to remember because, you know, another day is another day, blah, 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 and for him it was like this. And you've slept on it, and it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there was no... There was no communication between us, really. It, I, I know what you mean, that it's good you know, to calm down, but there was no point uh, when we could calm down and talk things through. Because no, well, if you're, if you're not talking it through, that is a problem, yeah. Yeah. whether it's in an argument or if it's in calm. If there's no communication, then that is a problem, certainly. And the other thing was that I have to have a lot of space for, me, for myself, like for yoga, for music, for... Uh, anything that I'm doing, like sports, um, and time for myself. And he kept cutting my time so that I could devote my time to, to him. And ah, okay. it's like, and I was really stupid in the respect because I got myself into it. So he could take something from me and he didn't hesitate to take more and more every time. And I was very open, so he just like emotional vampire again, you know, sucking energy and everything that comes with it. So my time, my devotion, we used to work together. So um, I was very committed to his project, music project as well. And um, he just seemed to enjoy it. He didn't give anything in return or very little or things that I didn't need. Mm. He thought that I needed them, but I didn't need them. And whenever I com tried to communicate to him that I needed them, he just was very negative about it mm. and um, I remember one situation in my yoga um, that he didn't want me to go somewhere like for a yoga class because he just clearly didn't want me to do anything apart from you know the management for him 
it's very and I was like for me it was so awkward because I haven't met anyone like this I was brought up in a house where everyone was free open did what they wanted you know and I just got hit like by things like that by, by a thing like this and um, I just didn't know how to manage didn't know how to deal with the situation so I was really I was feeling guilty as well yeah for not because he could tell me into something that wasn't true that oh if you don't love me if you don't care you know you do this that and really it's when when I tell this to you it sort of sounds like a bullshit but it doesn't sound like a bullshit no, to I mean, me but it sounds like bullshit to you it's really. like oh if you don't care you know it's like putting an um, oh what he was saying yeah. yeah like you know it's like if you don't care about me you know or you do it because you don't care about me you know it's like a little child and I was like he could easily lure me into it like. I mean it, it it probably is on one level not bullshit for him yeah. because <laughs> if he's if, if like you say uh, depending on his upbringing you know he may have a lot of needs for someone to always be worshipping him or whatever that doesn't mean that he's justified in that need and that you should ever uh, that's a sounds like a dangerous yeah. person to be in a relationship with if they have a lot of need for attention yeah. I, I mean I I have to fight myself with a, a need for attention that yeah. I have um, but I think probably comes from not feeling like I got any attention mm-hmm. when I was growing up maybe he had a similar thing mm-hmm. but I, I'm not I don't think it's reasonable for me to suggest that you should empathise <laughs> with this guy too much doesn't sound like a, he was being fair no, to you in any way yeah. I mean certainly even right I mean we, we hardly met each other very much mm-hmm. right but when you've talked to me just in rehearsals just a little bit about your life I was like okay I'm not sure that that sounds like very fair and right. and, and that was only yeah. tiny little details that I was getting so but as I told you before like people around you realise it straight away when you tell them something oh something is wrong and then you tell them as it was as if it was something natural for you. I yeah. mean, oh, I'm doing it for him because for me, it's, that's how it should be, but he should give me something in return as yeah. well. I mean, I was very happy when we were meant to do some projects together because I really needed a pianist as well. I mean, that's in point. And he happened to be a pianist. So that's how we met, by the way, you know, in a music project. And he was very, po- he was very enthusiastic about helping me. But then, you know, he just forgot about it and I didn't want to remind myself all the time. And I remember uh, a situation when I was singing in one of the, there are like jam sessions, folk music projects, you know, people get together and just sing. So I I told my husband to come and he he, um, chose to go with his friend somewhere um, because he said that I told him too late, which wasn't true. Um, and I felt really weird and after that we had an argument I was I was really enjoying myself I was singing it was like a pub you know yeah. environment people yeah, were yeah, singing yeah. Um, and then when he came back and I came back from the jam session he told me that uh, who do I want to be a pub singer and I was like you know he, he and that's when I first it first struck me that he must be I don't know for me it's like snobbish and you know apart does he from play classical music yes yeah. I'm not judging that sounds like I'm like making some kind of statement about people who play classical music no, I was just it's guessing basically it's a very um, niche no it's like very closed environment yeah so he plays a little bit of jazz as well but but your interest is folk 
Yeah, my interest yeah. is folk. And, and he says that his interest is, you know, he likes whatever is good, he likes it, but then you come to a point when he says the things like this, a thing like that. And uh, I mean, he makes a suggestion where you start thinking, Jesus, who is this guy? Who am I with? Baby, I'm a harmonica solo, played by Bruce Springsteen. I'll fuck your brain until you find that it's clean. Tonight in my empty house, I'll be the older man in town. Outside my window, a fragile rain falls down. It falls down. Water has no feeling. Water has no feeling. Water has no feeling. No. Because it has no feeling. Because it has no feeling. Because it has no Okay, so you are interested in folk music. Yeah. When did that start? Um, 
I think when I started to learn Spanish, because I started to learn Spanish, I did Spanish studies in, in Poland, so I became interested in, in uh, Spanish folk. This is the weirdest thing, because most lyrics I write is in Spanish, so, and it gives me a really good feel to create. And in Polish, if I'm to write some lyrics in Polish, it's not that good, or in English, because I connect more. Spanish is quite a, it's a, one of the romance languages, isn't it? Exactly. It's got a kind of nice sing, singing, melodic. yeah, exactly, yeah. to it. So basically, I, I started to, to create in Spanish five years ago. I mean, when I had the ability to, to write. So yeah, three years ago, two years ago. I had a very intensive language course when I lived in Ibiza because my uh, ex-boyfriend is Argentinian, so he didn't communicate in English. Okay, so you spoke... So I had to... Yeah. He drilled me a lot. He was ba literally chasing me with a dictionary, you know? Yeah. You have to learn this and that and this, and I'll read you some poetry. And, you know, it was very beneficial for me. I'm very grateful to him. Yeah, sounds yeah. great, yeah. <laughs> so then I started to create in Spanish, and a couple of months ago I found a guitarist who is Romanian and is very good at folk music so Fantastic. Uh, we've been doing a project together but still I'm you know one I've got two lives now one in Poland one here so I just don't know how to is there Romanian in England yeah he's he's here in London I met him in London yeah. um, I started to go on jam sessions and I was asking musicians if they wanted to, to cooperate yeah. on a project, he became interested, and I'm very lucky to be able to to keep in touch with him. But I don't know how how long it will last. I think in Poland it's not that laid back that you go on a jam session and you meet people because people they treat it as if, like in a very ambitious way mm. that it's something you know music project. So we have to be good. We have to you know make a career. And here people just do musical projects and it's, it doesn't matter f I mean probably it matters somewhere in the head that oh maybe we can make a career one day but they are not very tight about it again when you when you go to someone in Poland it happened to me quite often I don't want to generalize but it's just that people think especially musicians think that they are the best and you know it's just oh what are you coming with like some amateur stuff you know or some project that doesn't suit me or it won't Give us money. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Oh, there was a, a we, there was a Polish guy that tried out for the drums in yes. our project yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who had that kind of attitude. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I exactly. remember. Exactly. But but I mean, I, again, I wouldn't want to generalise about no, Polish people. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's Eastern European Eastern European thing that we just like money. Yeah. So people people learned how to make money you know how to be productive and whereas in England people are laid back because they have this standard of living I don't know I don't know if we yeah maybe it is that I don't maybe know. it is that I don't know how laid back we actually are that's okay I, and, 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 and it might be that there are pockets of laid backness in the music world yeah. and there are pockets of a very stressy yeah. people in the music world certainly I'm the opposite of the people that you're talking about though when you know you come into a rehearsal with me and I'm saying I'm terrible I'm rubbish and I'm just trying to <laughs> to play the guitar as well as possible rather than thinking I'm I'm great yeah, yeah, and that we're yeah, going to yeah, hit yeah, some yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. I mean but I'm no less probably on one level I'm no less ambitious I just don't have the musical skill <laughs> <laughs> no but, but yeah but you have and it's just that I don't know there is something in the Polish culture as well people are not taught how to talk about their abilities I mean if you want if you if you are to say in Poland that you are good at something people think that you are boasting about something right yeah and you always you are always brought up in this atmosphere of being very humble 
humble and you know timid don't reveal your abilities you are you know no basically no positive things about yourself because people were saying that and I was brought up in a different way so I really so like, you weren't brought up in that way no my mom she's a very independent liberal you know very pro-american in a sense like yeah you know, she, she has always given us um, um, like an experience experimental I don't know how to, how to say it but she brought up us, she brought us up in a very experimental way so we always experimented by ourselves oh, nice. so she didn't tell us what was wrong or right but we just experienced which which has positive aspects and yeah. negative yeah. because my sister ended up you know having a lot of emotional things going on in her head because she experimented with drugs and alcohol and stuff and I learned from her mistakes because I had this I don't know it's just um, no, I think I really learned from my sister's mistakes and I'm the one who's better off here in this uh, in this family and I, I'm not saying that because you know I feel good with it I, I don't feel good with it. I feel that my sister is was really a victim of herself my my parents experiments which weren't done on purpose my, my parents wanted to bring us up as in, a, in as good way as possible yeah but what's a good way yeah I mean the, every every possible way of bringing up kids yeah. I think is potentially going to mess them up yeah and it's potentially going to be brilliant for them I mean when I look at my siblings and me there's you know we all turned out very different down different yeah. paths but we had the same kind of ethos we were all brought yeah. up in the same yeah. way so how we all dealt with that yes and how we all dealt with problems that were in the house as well as the positives mm -hmm. that you know it's hard to predict how it's going to go yeah, down isn't it true. Like that's my true. brother's so sensible compared to me you know right. in some ways when he was growing up you know where it, but it, but then it, it can all even out mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know your i don't know your sister's situation but it's it's very possible that when you're both you know 50 and you look back you know that the, the, the who yes. you know she might have a a very big period of of, of calm and you know, That's whatever, she, and, no, now and, she, and you yeah. may, and you might be, you know, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> she, bad ten years. She, you know. she, everybody thinks in my family. Everybody thinks, oh, Marta, my sister, she's a black sheep. But when it came to my suicidal attempt, or and my psychological problems now, she's the most supportive person for me, and I mean, That's I lovely. want her very close, and she's very strong. Uh, normally, she's not that. You know, she doesn't seem to be strong. She, she people think that she doesn't know how to deal with um, you know everyday situations but mm. when it comes to things like that I mean she was very supportive of my husband she just uh, took my side which was very important for me yeah because she, she didn't only say it she's shown it so you know oh I'm by your side and you know she's now here with me when I'm while I'm dealing with the stuff in England and she's here because she knows I need her so uh, I couldn't get myself together last time when I was here to go to a lawyer and now she's here with me just to make sure I'm going to lawyer and, you know, I'm getting some advice. Well, that's great. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, and, that, that's, and that's the thing. I think, because I'm, I'm 30 now, right, mm -hmm. this year, and I've been sort of having conversations with, I've already, I'm, you know, happened last, actually last year I was 30. This year I'm, I am a 30-year-old. I've been having a lot of conversations with people about what it is to be 30. Uh -huh. Just because like, a lot of my friends are getting to this age too. And there's a f sort of feeling that in your 20s, you're sort of still trying to run yeah. away from 
whatever your childhood was, your teens. Whereas sort of when you get to thirty, you've got different problems, but you're pretty much over the school. All right. Yeah. Like over that kind of your teenage. Mm-hmm. So you are kind of a new person because mm-hmm. you've. But in the twenties, oh god. Twenties, <laughs> I found very hard. All oh, right. So you're halfway through the twenties, aren't you? Yes. So you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll hope. Hopefully, you'll you'll get to a, uh, a a point where you sort of hit thirty, and you're like, oh, thank God, now I can. Don't know. Yeah, it's just that you know, for me, it's everything is apart from me getting involved in this um, in, in low states. For me, it's, everything is um, having experience to help others because I've been doing a lot of yoga. I want to be a yoga teacher in the future, so yeah. I want to. Do a restorative yoga with people, you know, people who have mental problems. So you want to health problems. Do yoga therapy. Yeah, sort of but the therapy for me is only effective when you have gone through something like people, uh, something similar to what your patients. I agree. Through. I think I agree. So it's because when you talk about things that you don't know, don't have any idea about, you can talk, but you don't. It doesn't come from yourself. I mean, it doesn't come from your heart, because in yoga there is this connection between head and heart. You have, they have to be connected because mind thinks hard experiences. So you have to have this connection in order to be able to not only use your mind but also your heart to help people to get this connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. When did you get into yoga? Oh, seven years ago. When I had my first depression, it really helped me a lot. So whenever I feel down, now it's now it's better. I mean, with, with Sergei, it's been very difficult, but I've recovered so quickly, I think, because of yoga. I don't want to put everything, you know, this no, well, <laughs> miraculous, you know. I've had some conversations about yoga on this show, and I did a bit of yoga when I was, Great. not much, but I, I did a year of dance at university, Great. and uh, there was elements of it that were uh, yoga, and yeah. I did enjoy, enjoy that. Um, and I've, I've been thinking about maybe trying to go to yoga or something, in, where if you know instead of therapy. But maybe yeah. I'll try both. What is it that yoga gives you? It gives me stability because going from asanas, which are po- postures like physical exercises, uh, just yoga, ashtanga. Is the um, basically, yoga is yoga. It's hatha yoga. Hatha yoga means ha means sun, tha means moon. So it's like getting the balance between sun and moon. Which, okay. Which is, and then yoga is all the philosophy, you know, way of living. Yeah. But then you've got different teachers who teach different things. So yeah. you've got Ashtanga. Ashtanga means uh, eight. Uh, I mean, eight limbs. Right. Uh, and it goes from, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, there was a master named Patanjali, and he invented a set of rules for people to live in a society, to deal with themselves, to do asanas, and so on. So it's Ashtanga Yoga. But then we hear about Ashtanga Yoga because some teacher, like a modern teacher, named a physical yoga after that, which is not very, I think, correct because Ashtanga Yoga means a set of rules, eight limbs, so different stages of yoga that give you bliss, like so ultimate really that's meditation. A, that's a kind of philosophical yeah. Um, yeah. way of looking at the world. But from a physical point of view, when you hear Ashtanga Yoga now, I think it, it is a very dynamic sequence of postures. It's quite hard, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then there is Vinyasa, which is again, it's, it's, uh, it means sequence in Sanskrit. And then there is Ayenga Yoga, named after a teacher who brought together like yoga and he he basically wrote down everything that was uh, mentioned somewhere by Patanjali thousands of years ago, and he um, 
uh, adopted it for modern society, so to say. So he was the first one to start, because yoga was a very close topic only in India. So he went abroad and he started to teach people, uh, not only from India, but in Europe, in the United States. And it spread out. Yeah, he, he taught um, Queen of Sweden, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's, very, he's very effective. He's, very, he's been practicing for 70 years and he's 93. At the same time, his ego doesn't work because, you know, people stop at some level with their ego. So it's a physical level. I want to do this posture because it's very, not only effective, but also it, I can show off. You know yeah. how flexible I am, but for for Mr. Ayenga, uh, what happens is that yoga is uh, for him is the way of getting the balance between physical and mental, and he's and getting this um, awareness in every cell of your body as well. Yeah. So he's very aware of being things. really, really in the moment. Yeah. That's so what exactly, really appeals yeah. to me about yoga. And yoga is exactly what you're saying. It's being in the present moment all the time, and uh, I mean, in yoga, the, the term of depression is very easy to uh, to defeat because it's not being in the present moment. It's relying no, on that's your past yeah, that's or right. anxiety, anxiety about, about the, the future, future. Yeah. So yeah, but still, I'm I'm in this. I feel very amateur and beginner to yoga, which I think makes me humble as well. Like I used to have a period when I thought, oh, I know everything about yoga and I can do everything. No, no, no. I was totally wrong, and I only now I can see that you know I'm only at the beginning, and the depression and all these things that happen can help me be humble with myself and with what I've, I get, what I get from yoga, because yoga for me is very much, very much like it helps me to deal with you know life as well, yeah. with my vulnerability to people, because I get affected by people's moods very easily as well. So yoga gives you like a wall. You know, protect you. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Inside me you 
such a long Things that were important to me when I was young They return to me now with this song We have to The last thing I was going to ask you before I ask you the final question that I ask everyone was, I mean, so you're from Poland. Yes. You lived in um, Ibiza, which is Spain, yeah? Yes. Balearic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, have you lived anywhere else as well? Yeah, I mean, I travelled uh, around Europe, but uh, when I was 19, I, I think it was connected with me getting away from home. I wanted to be independent to that extent that I wanted to leave uh, the place that I knew and I wanted to try something new. Yeah. Um, it, the challenge for me was very important. I mean, I didn't think in this categories, but now I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I like you're, you're writing it up, the event, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So I went to Scotland and I lived in Edinburgh and then, um, I mean, in between I had a gap year. I started architecture. I just, I, it was my first nervous breakdown as well. I just couldn't live up to the expectations. I was very good at drawing, but not at uh, not technical the stuff. Okay. So I just had to leave it, and it was very, you know, uh, when you have ambitions and you're 19, it's very uh, detrimental to your ego, right? Yeah. You think, oh, I have to drop the studies that I worked so hard for, but I had to do it because it was, you know, I know it was good for me now. Yeah, yeah. And I started studying languages, but between I had a gap year, so I went to Scotland, and uh, for the first couple of weeks I didn't understand anyone. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can understand English, but you can't necessarily understand the Scottish accent. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, when I was, uh, and I came back, I started, I mean, I went back to Poland, I started language studies, I finished, I mean, in, in the meantime, I went to Ibiza, I had another gap year, I went to Ibiza for a year, I finished and I came to study to England. To, to finish my masters and now my plans are I've got loads of plans in my head but now I feel free to go to India and I feel ready to go to India because right, okay. I want to do it like next year probably I'll be ready to do it all this year at the end of this year hopefully as well uh, so I want to go for a month at least to India and um, it's been India has been after me for three years but I wasn't. I found many excuses not to go because it's a hard place to go to yeah. in a way. I mean, whilst I I believe it, it kind of there's a, amazing things there. There's also a lot of exactly. poverty. There's exactly. also diseases, all yeah. sorts of things that you have to prepare yourself for in a different way than going to Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that was easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Easy. Europe is easy. to Well, go yeah. To. Now yeah. we can all just travel pretty freely in in yeah. Europe. But I think it's not a challenge. But yeah, I've been living for three years here, and um, I feel very—I feel that I'm a person who is very, who very easily adapts to a new environment, because I can see that some immigrants, especially Polish, uh, that I have contact with, they haven't been able to adapt themselves. They just create little communities, and they stay away from other communities yeah. or other nationalities but 
I think it's the ability of finding the common element. Like you, we are all humans, so we have to have something in common, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, and um, I don't consider myself an immigrant. And I think that it's be because I was very lucky to have my parents support me with my education, and I could go abroad and study. Whereas many people from Poland leave and have to work and they don't necessarily work in the conditions that they want to. Well, no, no. Yeah, so it's very, I mean, it's sad, but that's what the reality is. And um, sometimes they, they uh, it's good for them to change environment and start something else. But sometimes they are so frustrated that... Although it's been a few years now that the, po the, the Polish and the Eastern European yeah. communities have been coming into this, you know, into this country... En masse. Mm -hmm. I mean, I work. There's a there's a Polish person oh, in my yeah. team. I, I work with various different community groups, so I meet people yeah. from the Polish community, uh, from the Turkish community, from various right. different communities. Right. It's been enough time now All that right. actually there are a, a lot of people who are becoming just part of the yeah. kind of m main culture, that, 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 and Polish community is just one more element that's influencing that. Yeah. But you're right. There still is going to be groups where they don't want to talk. People who live in this country who can't speak English. That's true. That's you know, weird. and that's pretty hard for them. I can't speak any other language, so who am I to mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. say anything? But it always does sadden me when somebody can't speak English and they're living in, in this country because yeah. I just feel like they're at such a disadvantage that that, that 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 like you say, if they had a divorce, they wouldn't be able to talk to the lawyers. Yeah, you know that's true. that that's the thing like uh, but 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 you you say that you know you were helped quite a bit in terms of education yes is your family quite wealthy i think yes um yeah my well even if even when we weren't my parents always put us first i remember us uh, moving into the house in the village like in the countryside and we still didn't have the um the attic completed because they invested in us so uh, yeah. they prefer to have like they are not materialistic at all and they always put us first I mean they don't spoil us in a way yeah. because I try I mean I, I've been really independent I think for the last couple of years now I came back to them and I'm just oh my god I'm just you know taking the advantage of the money and I feel really bad about it but they are really laid back about yeah. me living with them it's only in my mind uh, but I think they are well off and uh, but they are very generous at the same time yeah. my my father is like he always gives to people and it's not good for him at the, the time because people uh, take advantage of it but you know it's just I come from the family which is really I think I'm very lucky well yeah because I mean I think I, I would say that that's probably the difference between yourself yeah and, people, and yeah. somebody else yeah. that comes to Poland who isn't wealthy in Poland and the reason they come here is to make money yes to send back to their family yes. in Poland yes they're not really coming here this is just a place where they're going to spend time yeah. get money and then go yeah. back because because yeah. I don't know if it's the case in Poland I know it's the case in some parts of Eastern Europe where land is actually very cheap there and you can build a house there yes and but you you can't make money so you come here yeah, you make money true. you build your house that's, there and then you the go case. back that's yeah. i think that happens with a few people i've mm -hmm. known people who are doing that um but yeah yeah, yeah that's the case of, with a couple of my, of my uh, with a couple of my friends as well they just earn money to uh, to be able to buy land because it's cheaper to buy land than a flat in poland the, the flat the price of the flat in poland uh, and then they build here. and then they build you build a house mm -hmm. on it yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. i yeah that's what i understand yeah. is the the way people go about it. I heard that um, guitars are very cheap in are Eastern they? Europe. I don't know which part of Eastern Europe, but my, my friend 
had a plan to we should go on like this guitar oh, buying right, busking yeah, 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 yeah. thing that, I, that sounded very good to me but I can't remember what part of Eastern Europe he was talking about and I find that in fact Poland's not even Eastern Europe is it sent like I don't it's know it's very like, tricky no no it is we, we are still because we were in the Soviet bloc so until 89 1989 we were considered Eastern Europe now we are in the middle because Central we are literally Europe now. in the middle that's what Europe. people keep telling me like <laughs> so. a, a, fr- a friend of mine uh, yeah, I keep saying Central. Europe. When I say Poland, Eastern Europe, he's like, no, Central Europe. So. But you can see this division because Eastern Poland is really Eastern Europe. It's really Russian-like, and I come from uh, Great Poland, which had a lot of uh, German influence. And you can see it. You can see the architecture is different. You know, well, Poland's very big. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. I think uh, it is quite wide. I mean, it used to be smaller or bigger. You know, depends in on who's invading <laughs> yeah, at the time. Exactly. Yeah. So, now it's quite big, yeah. And it's, it's a, a, is it a Catholic country? It is, yes, it is. And um, the church still influences people a lot. Yeah. Uh, for myself, um, I don't want to offend anyone. I mean, it's just my point of view. This is always Cat- the problem. Right? Catholic, don't yeah, worry. but I think, yeah. It's like Catholic religion is very invasive. Like Christianity is very invasive. Religions are very invasive. Yeah. I think the only religion that is not invasive is Hinduism and Buddhism because there are so many gods, millions of gods that have got human qualities and they are not perfect that people just, you know, are very laid back about, I think. Um, but every religion is, uh, I think for me, it was contro- created to control the society. Although, I mean, huh? to, be f- to be fair, it's in my understanding of it, and I don't probably know as much as anybody else about this sort of thing, but a friend of mine once told me that Hinduism, one of the reasons it has so many gods, is that when they would come to each tribe, they would say, who's your god? And then they would say, oh, well, that's just an incarnation of these other, of our gods. And then they would, that's how they, that's how India became a unified by a, a big place unified by a, a single religion for a, for a time so so that's that might be a it's a less invasive maybe way of, but it still is it still is an element about power yeah you know? there is a part yeah religion is power i mean the church in poland was always rich i mean the vatican is it's just immensely rich. Yeah. They are wealthy. They are just wealthy. They are a wealthy state. Religion. I mean, there are good and bad things about religion, and um, it gives you values that are very. You know, it, people want to believe in something. And the easiest thing is to follow something that was created by, by the authorities, and they they said, okay, this is how you should act. There is yeah. a set of rules. And when you when you see different religions, you you've got many things in common. But then people start to act according to their own thinking and they invade many other countries. It's so strange, isn't it? I always find with religion that that when you look at the kind of the major religions that are at war in in the West, so you've got like Islam, Judaism and Christianity, they all pretty much agree with the set one book. They all have a they all agree on the Old Testament, right? And yet they hate each other. Yes, that's, that's, uh, for me, that's just, I don't know. I just, it's strange. It doesn't come into my, I mean, it's beyond my understanding. It's beyond mine, <laughs> and, and uh, it's, it's, it's certainly been a surprise to me as well that in this Getting Better Acquainted project, religion has come up so yeah. often, and I don't even know how it happens. Maybe I'm obsessed with religion and I don't even realise it. 
the last question that I ask mm-hmm. people is well the question is do you have anything to plug which is a strange it's prob- that's probably a slang term that you don't you get you have I, to explain yeah. it to me then um <laughs> Okay, I'll explain. Right, plug means promote, yeah? Right. So do you have any... It was designed so that, to say to people, do you have a project that you'd like people to go and see or to check out? Um, but um, people took it a different way. And so now, I guess it's... Do you have any anything you'd like to say? Like a final thought is another way you can take it. So... If you have a project you'd like to promote, please take this opportunity to do that. But if you have a thought that you'd like to suggest, or you know, I don't, I don't want to give you too yeah, much because then suggestions. Yeah. No, I've, um, yeah. At the moment, I'm looking for people for the folk project, but it's in Poland, so I have to uh, promote this recording <laughs> in, in Poland. Poland. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you're in Poland uh, and you want to, uh, yeah, get involved in your folk project, then yeah. Email me and I'll Great. send that. <laughs> but if you want to promote the getting better acquainted in Poland uh, as a form of learning a language or teaching yeah, a language, could work. It would be brilliant because it's like you know people talking about their stuff and many people can connect to it and um, they can learn as well from it. I mean, not probably not necessarily from me <laughs> and my mistakes and my grammar mistakes committed in this uh, session but um <laughs> it's funny though because when we, when we when we before we were we were recording um when you came to meet me i was eating because i wasn't <laughs> expecting you to be there and i Sorry. had my mouthful no 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 i had my mouthful and i was trying to cover it up so i'm english and i feel ashamed oh, um no. and you said you know finish masticating <laughs> and, I, and i couldn't believe that you had that kind of that word in your oh, vocabulary because yeah. a lot of a lot of english people wouldn't have that as a, in their vocabulary necessarily so it's you know don't yeah. knock yourself you oh no just I'm just joking it. I'm yeah. very you know I'm very, I've got a lot of distance to myself and I like to make jokes about myself yeah well. it, I so. do too <laughs> it's it, it, the, the I don't know if you've heard the expression self-deprecating oh really there you go there's some more nice. there's some more vocabulary yeah, <laughs> there you go so for our listeners it's good as well you know? oh yeah <laughs> there you go vocabulary. if you're Polish there's a, <laughs> there's a phrase to learn so I mean is so is there anything that you'd like to add, finally? I think it's, um, again, I have to say it, because for me it's very purifying, the whole getting better better acquainted process, and um, it's a great therapy, not only for me, but you know, when I listen to other people talking, uh, I can get so much from them, and inspiration as well. And I yeah. think, um, yeah, and um, I wish you very good luck with it. Well, thank and you very much. If, if I can help, I mean... I need to make a statement, you know, so that you have it in the <laughs> recording. That if, if I can help you in any way with promoting it in Poland, I'm very happy to do it. Well, absolutely, <laughs> and please do. I, I, I certainly want want listeners. Well, it's been a real pleasure getting Thank better acquainted you. with you, Asha. And uh, the last thing I ask people yeah. to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Well, thank you very much for listening to me and I hope you have um, the most from getting better acquainted, not only from this session, but also from all the other recordings David will do. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks very much and bye-bye. As I said at the beginning, a lot of time has passed since this conversation. Since then, I personally have discovered that it is very hard to get talking therapy on the NHS. I did a course of cognitive behavioural therapy over the NHS but then partly due to cuts I think there wasn't really any spaces for me to get onto talking therapy which was a shame 
because my CBT therapist thought that I should get that. But never mind, I've got this show and I continue to talk to people and try to make sense out of my life and it's all about trying to get better, isn't it? Hopefully I am, in as many ways as possible, getting better. At least I'm trying. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.